Welcome to Such a Lady, and I'm your host, Siobhan. If you are new tuning in, thank you for stopping by. We hope you stay a while. You are absolutely welcome to our toxic home here. If you are a Sal, thank you for tuning back in. Thank you for your loyalty, and thank you for your support. Thank you for just being you, because you're dope just the way you are. Um, This week's Such a Lady of the Week is Catherine Russell. Thank you for being our Such a Lady of the Week. Um, Thank you for just supporting us. So kudos to you. Our Such a Lady Business of the Week is Boss Babe Blog. Um, They are a high quality online business directory for small businesses. So if you have a small business and you want to be in a directory, you want to put yourself out there, then definitely, definitely look into them. Um, Bossed Up Candles actually is in the directory and they do a great job of shouting out. So if that's something you're looking or you're trying to get your name out there, definitely look into them and we'll definitely post them on our socials. So thank you to our Such A Ladies of the Week and our Such A Lady Business of the Week. You guys are appreciated. Now let's get toxic. Y'all know what y'all came here for, like for real. (laughs) This week's story further confirmed my theory that you can never really 100% know somebody. I mean, seriously, people tell you to take your time, get to know the person you're dating. But what happens when the person that you sleep next to or the person you've been sleeping next to for over 25 years is the person responsible for your death? Right. That's what I'm saying. So can you ever really completely know somebody? You know what? That's going to be our poll question of the week. So make sure y'all answer that. Or you can just answer it on our socials. But I would love to hear, do you really think you can ever completely know somebody? Um, let's just start at the beginning. And then y'all can, if y'all y'all don't know, y'all still on the fence about if you think you can know somebody 100%, then when we finish this story, then y'all let me know what y'all thinking. Mary Ann Stokes was born in South Carolina. She was born one of six siblings. Now, two of her sisters had moved to Connecticut. And Marianne was like, okay, I see them. They doing their thing. They get in the bag. So I want to go. So she moves to Connecticut as well. And she gets a job at a hospital working as, well, she gets a job working on the surgical support staff. While she's there, Marianne, she meets and she marries this guy who, of course, at the time she thought was the love of her life. The two would go on to have a child together. But over the years, they realized that they just weren't really meant for each other. They thought that they wanted forever together, but that wasn't really what they wanted. So they decided that they were going to get a divorce. Now, although Mary Ann was a mother of one who was recently divorced, she was still young. Sis still was popping and she still had her whole life ahead of her. So she wasn't really, you know, like, oh, what was me? She was just like, you know what? That relationship didn't work for me. It's time to move on. In steps James Langley, who was born in South Carolina. And as he got older, James just kind of felt like the job opportunities weren't 
available to him in South Carolina and one of his brothers had moved to Connecticut and his parents had also moved so James was like okay let me go ahead and hop on this bandwagon and see you know God I see what you're doing for others let me get to Connecticut and see what you can do for me and so that's what he did James had also been married and divorced James had two sons, but the fact that both of these two single parents had moved for better opportunities for their family says a lot in my book. Because sometimes we feel that just because we were born somewhere or that's all we know that we have to stay there. And honestly, we're not trees. We ain't planted. We're not. And so when we get the opportunity to try something different, a lot of times we won't because we're scared. But I'm super sad that these, I'm super excited that these two people weren't living in fear. They decided, okay, look, let me see what's on the other side of this comfort zone. And they did. James worked for the Department of Transportation for quite some time. So we have James and Marianne, both single parents, trying to make it in Connecticut. And the two would become friends because their children played on the same baseball team. And while the boys were at practice and playing games, that gave James and Marianne a chance to get to know each other and find out that the two had a bit in common. Over the next seven years, the two would continue to date and they would move in together, but they agreed that they wanted to take things slow. The two loved to make each other laugh and their children got along and they decided that they wanted to make it official and get married. I love the fact that they love to make each other laugh because if you can make me laugh, then you already got an A in my book. I'm just saying like laughter is the best medicine. I didn't miss, never mind. Okay, so <laughs> I think that it's cute that this couple that was older wanted to take their time. They wanted to take things slow. They could have been like, hey, look, why fix was not broken? Why do we need a piece of paper to say that, you know, that we're committed to each other? But they wanted that. Even though Mary Ann was already family in James' family's eyes, they were like, look, they got married and we were like, Ain't y'all already married? Like, y'all done been together forever. But they wanted more. And so they decided, look, we don't care what everybody else thinks. We're going to get married. So once the two get married, they, you know, everything is great. Over the next couple of years, they will continue to climb the corporate ladder and also try to encourage other family members to move to Connecticut where there were other job opportunities. Um. Mary Ann's sister listened and the two would eventually become neighbors. And over the next couple of years, James' family and Mary Ann's family would become just one big family. It wasn't like his side of the family or her side of the family. It was just one big family. Everybody got along. And since everyone stayed so close together, it was always a good time. James' brother said that, like, the weekends, nobody needed to go to the club because they, their house was the club. Like, everybody just stayed so close together, and that just seemed so dope. You know what I mean? You just, hey, what you doing? Nothing. Coming over to your house. Oh, and then your house, and then your house, and then your house. Um, that does sound fun. Now, the anxiety in me is saying, like, I'm going to need to put a sign up to say, 
<laughs> during these hours, don't come knocking because you know, I'm just saying like, it sounds like a good time until it's not no more, but they loved it. And I love it for them. And although James had made four men at the department of transportation and Mary Ann was still working for the hospital and they didn't want for much at all. James wanted to be his own boss. He did. He said he was tired of working for someone else. He just wanted to do things for herself. And Marianne encouraged him. She supported him as well as their sons. And James decided, look, I got my family behind me. Got God with me. I'm going to take a leap of faith. And James quit his job and started his own pavement company, which over the years continued to grow and bring in money. It appeared to be very, very successful. Marianne was happy. She had her man, her family, and she had money to buy whatever else it was that she wanted. So life was good and would continue to be over the years. Um, The couple would just continue living the good life until they were in their early 50s. They were fortunate enough to see the fruits of their labor. And that's where I'm trying to be. You know what I mean? Because this getting up and having to go to work every day is ghetto. I'm just saying. You know what I mean? So when I am able to enjoy the fruits of my labor, I don't need y'all asking silly questions like, Siobhan, why are you sitting in front of a fan with a fan? Or why you got these people feeding you like you don't got two hands? Y'all just mind y'all's business because I ain't never had nothing, okay? <laughs> just mind y'all's business. Bring the grape and grape poupon over here, all right? <laughs> See, James and Mary Ann understood the assignment. They understood it. You work hard, you play harder. So that's what the couple did. They would go on to do this for years until the doctor told James that he needed to sit down somewhere. His diabetes was getting bad and the work was just too much for his body. And you would think that James would be sad that the doctor told him that he could no longer do the one thing that he loved. But apparently James took it in stride. His brother said that James told him that he was thinking about retiring and moving back to North Carolina. James thought that he could take up some small jobs on the side to pay the day-to-day bills and the money the couple had accumulated over the years in their savings would just take them home to glory. That was the plan. The sad thing is, is that before the couple could call North Carolina home, James was rushed to the hospital with second and third degree burns from his chest down to his private area. So sad. I kid you not, that's so sad, I can't even imagine that. Folks don't just catch on fire. And that is also what the police said when they arrived on the scene, only to find James in his truck trying to drive himself to the hospital. How did this man catch on fire? And where was his wife of over 25 years? The police had some questions, and so did I. Now, they had questions because they were investigating the crime. I had questions because how do you just catch on fire? especially in your own home. Like, that don't make sense. It just don't make sense. The math ain't mathing. So after the police started asking questions, they learned that Mary Ann, (laughs) after finding out her husband was on fire, runs to her sister's house to ask her niece to call 911. 
listen to me now. They said that Mary Ann might have been in shock. That's why she didn't just use the house phone. I'm going to mind my business and tell y'all this story because, real talk, I think if my husband was on fire, I'd probably hop on top of him <laughs> trying to put the fire out. The ambulance would get there and they'd be having to put both of our big tails out. They would because we would be rolling over trying to get the fire out because I didn't hop on him. And if he lived, he would probably want a divorce. Like, <laughs> Siobhan, why would you do that? Why would you think that was okay? <laughs> to which I would reply, do I work for the fire department do i have training did you die you asking all the wrong questions did you die <laughs> these are questions that mary ann couldn't ask because she left to go next door to have her family call 911 again i wasn't there so i can't say how mary ann should have acted but what i will say is that her behavior didn't get any better after this it just kept getting stranger and stranger and stranger now once the police came they had to talk james out of his truck because homeboy was determined to drive himself to the hospital and that's another question i got why did he feel like he had to get this man was on fire okay why did he feel like he had to drive himself to the hospital like where was where was his team at like why i don't know i don't know let me just tell the story so the police were eventually able to get james into the ambulance but once at the hospital they determined that james his bruises were too severe and he needed to be transported to a burn unit it just so happened to be that where James was at, there was one of the best burn units um, in the country. So that was good for James. And he would fight for the next 12 days for his life. And while James fought for his life, the police would fight to find out who set this man on fire, who thought that this man's life wasn't important enough that they just thought, okay, well, I'm going to wake up today and set him on fire. Now, <clears throat> one of the first things that the police say that they notice when they walk into the house of James and Mary Ann is that they smell gasoline. Now, just because you on fire don't mean that they're supposed to smell gasoline because gasoline is an accelerant. So why would it be in the home of this older couple, especially after the patriarch is rushed to the hospital with burns? Who would want to do this to this man? Like, really? They couldn't ask James because they had to put him in a coma to keep him out of pain. Uh, just, I just, just thinking about that just is so sad. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're in so much pain that they have to put you in a coma so that you don't have to feel that pain. The police try to ask Marianne what happened. And Marianne says that that day James' blood sugar was high. And so she decided that she wanted to take him to the hospital. But while they were en route to the hospital, James decided that, listen, I don't want to go to the hospital. Like, you can take me, but I'm not getting out the car. And so you wasting your time. He just refused. So Marianne was like, look, you know what? I can't make this man do nothing he don't want to do. So she turns the car around and they go home. Marianne says that when they get to the house, she knows that because his blood sugar is high he's going to be going to the bathroom a lot and he's going to be doing a lot of up and down and she just didn't want to be bothered so she decides she's going to go sleep in the basement 
only to be woken up later by her husband calling her by her name, telling her that he needed her help. So Marianne wakes up from her sleep. She runs upstairs to where her husband's at, and she sees that he's on fire. She's in shock, but she says the only thing she can hear is him asking her, what did she do? Why did she do this to him? Now, Marianne is like, I don't know why he's asking these questions, but I'm going to go get help. I'm going to go over to my sister's house. And the police are like, well, why Why would your husband be accusing you of this? You know, why would he, out of the blue, you know, say, why would you do this to me? That's kind of strange. And Marianne's like, I don't know. I don't have to answer to these questions. Like, ask him, knowing that these folks can ask him. The police were suspicious and... I I could only imagine that they would be. I mean, your husband is in pain and you think it's bad enough that you're going to take him to the hospital, but you don't think it's bad enough to actually take him there. You know what I mean? So he say, I'm not getting out the car. So you take him back home. But then knowing that he don't feel good, you decide you're going to sleep in the basement. Hmm. And of all the nights that you're sleeping in the basement, your husband catches on fire. It's given that you really don't really care. That's, I mean, in my eyes, like, of all the nights that you should have been checking on your husband that you didn't been with for all these years, you decide you're going to sleep in a basement? Mm. I will say that Marianne did say that over the years, James started to one two step on her. But even if that was the case and he was cheating on her, setting somebody on fire is never the answer. It's never, ever the answer. Now that you're married to this man and you, you, you've you introduced him to your son and if you find out he's cheating after all these years, then just leave. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that it's easy, but maybe it's just that I don't want to go to jail because I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave. Some people are able to stay as long as the money is good. And to you, I say, start a course, write a book, teach me. Because <laughs> the way my heart is set up, I be feeling too much. The first time I say I don't care and I can stay and the money is good enough and I can look past all the infidelity, come find me because I'm crying in the car. I absolutely am. I'm somewhere crying. Mary Ann said, on the other hand, that she ain't leaving and James ain't staying. That's what she said. She said, listen, somebody's going to go, but it's not going to be me. Smelling gasoline and the wife sleeping in the basement, thinking her husband was cheating on her, is not enough to charge somebody with murder. I mean, you know, it's enough to make them a suspect, but it's not enough to officially be like, listen, we finna arrest you for murder. So the police reach out to the people closest to James and Marianne to find out what they know. The police start talking to a couple named Sheila and her husband, and they happen to be neighbors of James and Marianne. They tell the police that when they arrived on the scene, James told them that Marianne set him on fire. Right? Like, what the heck? They said that James said that he woke up to Marianne pouring gasoline on him and then striking a match and setting him on fire. Now, that made sense because the police said that when they arrived on the scene, that the fire was only 
contained confined to one space where James was at. It wasn't anywhere else. It was just in that one area. Then when the police went downstairs, they smelled gasoline in two of the cups. And then they saw a book of matches and only one match was missing. And it was the one that was lit. Now, James had just told these folks that he woke up to his wife pouring gasoline on him and lighting a match to set him on fire. And the police just found all this downstairs. So it's given that Marianne is going to go to jail. Because can you imagine waking up to being doused in gasoline and then hearing a match (laughs) being lit to set you on fire? I can't even imagine. But that was James' story. Now, while the police were continuing their investigation, they found out James was worth over a million dollars. He was like homeboy. (laughs) Homeboy had put in the time. He did. He had put in the time. And not only did they noted they come into that, that he was worth over a million dollars. They noticed that Marianne's not coming to the hospital to see her husband very often. This man that you've been married to for all this time. And not only do the police notice this, James's family noticed this. But James's family don't want to say that their sister, not their sister-in-law, their sister, because they've taken this person in. They love her like their own. So they don't want to think, okay, she did this to, you know, our brother. They don't want to think this. But the the way that Marianne is acting, she's not giving them a choice. So here the police have Mary Ann accusing James of having an affair, him wanting to move back to North Carolina, and this would stop Mary Ann from spending how she used to. Because y'all remember, James said that he was just going to be doing little side jobs. The money that was in the bank was going to stay in the bank. So Marianne wasn't going to be able to be out here spending like she had been spending. She was going to have to cut back some, and she didn't want to hear that. And also, Mary Ann thinking James was worth more dead than alive also had the police like, okay, maybe she did set this man on fire. Now, unfortunately, James did fight for his life, and he put up a very, very good fight. But after 12 days, he did die to the the, the burn injuries. Once James died, the charges were up to murder. And again, Marianne was their number one suspect. She had the most to gain. And if we are being honest, just the fact of where she was and the fact of where this man was set on fire says a lot. You know what I mean? Like if you're setting someone on fire in their private parts, you 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 try to send a message. You know what I mean? She did it from his chest down to his private part. She was trying, like, she was like, you want to (laughs) cheat? Try to cheat without this. Try to cheat without this, sir. Like, you know what I mean? So it's given that she was trying to send him a message. And unfortunately, it went through all the way because this man passed away. The only problem is Mary Ann wasn't as smart as she thought she was. Because after the police started putting two and two together, they have these statements from the neighbors, they have the gasoline, they have the matches. All of this is just evidence stacked on top of evidence, on top of evidence, on top of evidence. And Mary Ann was sentenced to to 20 years in prison. 
that nice life, those nice trips, fancy restaurants, expensive gifts, all that gone because James is gone and Marianne was sentenced to prison. If James really was cheating, Marianne was in her golden years. Hire a detective, homegirl, and take him for half of everything. But I just feel like don't ever give another person access to give up your freedom. You know what I mean? Because even if she did get away with it, there was a chance that she wasn't going to get away with it. And if she didn't, she was giving up her freedom. So all the stuff that she didn't want to give up by moving to North Carolina, she ended up giving up because she tried to play God. I don't understand. Mary Ann was a wife, a mother for over 25 years. Her story, James's story, didn't have to end like this. And what's even sadder is that people will fault you for meeting someone and falling in love too soon. But again, what about these stories with the folks that have been married since the land before time? What about them? What about the folks that have been married before BC? You know what I mean? What about them? What's their excuse? All jokes aside, you never really know what a person is capable of. I hate to say that, but it's true. We have kids killing kids, kids killing parents, parents killing kids, wives killing husbands, husbands. You're like, folks are just killing everybody. And so when you think about it, you can never really know somebody. I mean, you you say that because, and then you say, okay, it can never happen to me until you become the next victim. I don't know. How do you protect yourself from the people that you lay next to at night? I don't know. It's just so crazy. These stories just, I don't know. They just baffle me because then you have the stories where you meet somebody and then the girl, you know, is only knowing him for a couple of months and then she risk it all for somebody she only knew for a couple of months. And you're like, well, dang, that's crazy. She didn't even know him that long. But then you have this Marianne who was married to this man for 25 years. And then she decides she going to set him on fire and go to jail. I don't know, y'all. It's just crazy. Well, that was our this week's toxic story. I hope y'all enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, of course, we hate to hear that James passed away. Mary Ann did eventually pass away um, at the age of 90. Um, I thought it was crazy because I was looking at her obituary online and um, her family in her obituary, it's James was listed as her husband. Um, She was listed as a loving wife. And I thought that that was kind of them. Like even in her death, they didn't take that from her. Um, I can't say that I would be as kind if you kill my daddy. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say I'm be able to let you. I, I'm just saying it was kind of the, the folks to do that for her um, after she had set this man on fire. Um, if you or anyone you know are in a toxic relationship and you are looking for a way out, if you have been praying, looking for confirmation, you don't have to pray no more. This is it. Um, if you are the toxic in a relationship and you don't want to be toxic no more, you ain't got to be toxic no more. Like you don't never have to be the way you were yesterday. You can always choose to be better. That is my goal every day to be better than I was the day before yesterday. And the thing about people is they'll try to pull, bring up your past and be like, oh, you think you better than? No, I don't. I am just striving to be better than I was yesterday. 
And you can keep it pushing because that's what I'm going to do. And I want that for you. I want you to choose you. I want you to want more for yourself. And if that means that you have to choose you, then by all means, choose you. And if you need the help choosing you, you can always reach out to us here at Such a Lady. If you don't want us in your business, you can reach out to the National Domestic Hotline at 1-800-799-SAFE. We just want you to choose you, boo. Thank you all for tuning in, listening to our toxic episode this week. I would love to chat with you all on our show, on our socials. Um, you can meet us at Such a Lady Thirty on Instagram or Such a Lady on Facebook. You can always reach out to us via email at Such a Lady True Crime at gmail.com. or you can answer our poll here right on the website. How you're listening to us. Y'all know y'all can find us. We ain't never hard to find. Never, never hard to find. Thank you for tuning in and listening to our toxic episode. I would love to meet you all here. Same time, same toxic place next week. I love you all. Don't forget to be great on purpose. And remember, if your morning didn't start out the way you wanted it to, that's okay. Don't let a bad moment turn into a bad day. I, that was me. I Listen, y'all think I just be saying this to y'all. Really, I don't. Last week, I woke up and I my day started out really, really bad. I was like, Siobhan, you tell these people every Monday, do not let a bad moment turn into a bad day. And so that bad moment, it just kept trying to pour into every area of my life. And when I tell y'all, I legit had to fight till about 10 o'clock in the morning with myself. But at 10.01, baby, do you know that my bad moment did not have my whole day? So I encourage y'all, I don't just say it because it sounds good. I say it because I practice it. I say it because I want y'all to know that you get to choose the day that you have. Other people don't have to choose it for you. They didn't give you the joy, so they can't take it from you. This is just that simple. That's it. That's all. I love y'all. Y'all got me on here preaching and I just got to get ready for work this morning. I love y'all and I'll chat with y'all on the socials. See you later.